Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. All right, let's discuss. Let 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 me start us up on our discussions for this month. Our our theme is lead, and I'll be speaking on lead differently. Lead differently. Mark ten. 40 to 45, New Living Translation, just as introduction. Mark 10, 40 to 45, New Living Translation. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. (laughs) That's a whole different story, right? In God's equation, position is not something you fight for. It is for those, it is according to God's plan. Verse 42. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. It will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must, underline that, must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. During ELC, Bovi, you know, made reference to something that used to happen in our schools, especially high schools, the level of, the way young people used, used power, the level of oppression in our schools, and it just reminded me, you know, of when I was in secondary school, and how this young man was, a, was chosen as the head boy of the school, handsome young man, and also very brilliant. But within a short time, shock went through the whole school when he introduced his leadership style. We had what you called Labor Day. And on that day, all the students work. We clean, we cut, and all that. They measure out your own portion to you. (laughs) And then eventually, the prefects will come to check who did their own job or who didn't do their own job. It was the following morning that news went around the school. At midnight, the prefects went from dorm to dorm, picking up those that did not do their own work of their beds. And they took them straight to the small cubicles, <laughs> the room specially reserved for the head boy, which was an extension of one of the hostels. He lined up belts. What made that day unforgettable was that he broke records. He, the numbers of lashes that he gave people that day, nobody had ever given anybody in our school before. Two of my classmates were affected. One of them received 72 lashes. 72. By the time the head boy was done, the guy couldn't stand. He crawled, crawled out of the head boy's room 
and crawled to his hostel. The second uh, gentleman, he wept. He, he left that room weeping. He, he was weeping and weeping and weeping in the middle of the night, just went straight out of the school premises, went on the road alone in the night, walked straight home and never returned to the boarding house till we left that school. Uh, to let you know the level of the trauma. The trauma. So, I'm reflecting now, and I'm wondering, how old was that head boy? He was probably 16. Or maximum 17. He was a boy, but he was a boy. <laughs> and just a taste of power. And he did that much. It's amazing. I thank God for having mercy on me. <laughs> Honestly, God loves me. It so happened that the assistant head boy was and still is my uncle. <laughs> See, the system of oppression, so I believe it's reduced to a large extent now, but we need to say it so that the younger generation will know when you have people in leadership who seem to not have feeling who seem not to have empathy, if you like, suffer as much as you want, so that you will know where they're coming from. Hurting people hurt people. Some people also treated them without empathy. Some were traumatized and they, have, they are not healed yet. Okay? Anyway, so the oppression was organized. If we were in Form 1, then everyone, it was form, we used them. Now you have JS1, JS2, SS1, SS2, SS3, fine. It was form, forms one to five. Now if you were in form one, everyone from form two to form five was your senior and had a right to send you on errands and to punish you. I remember the hostels in my school formed a ring, seven hostels, seven houses formed a ring. In the middle was this big field. We played all kinds of games, football, and that was where we had our track and field meets. To get from my hostel to the dining hall, which was behind one of the hostels, I had to walk through the middle of that field. <laughs> when I was in Form 1, Form 2, anytime I wanted to cross that field, you first peep, you first look left, look right, then just take off like a bullet. <laughs> because if you had, come here! <laughs> End of story. You just freeze. Either somebody will send you to go fetch water or tell you to wash <laughs> their clothes. Or so, and if you did not, they punished you. My puzzle then was the Form 2 students. When they would call me, 
and send me on errand. And sometimes I looked at them, we were the same size. <laughs> so sometimes I just refused outrightly. And they would get angry, and once they wanted to punish me or something, I would just take off straight to my uncle's room. <laughs> ah, my uncle, God bless him. <laughs> he said, what is it? What is it? I told him to do this. He refused. He would just say, which form are you in? He said, form two. He said, my friend, get lost. <laughs> What's the difference between form two and form one? <laughs> in my mind, I would be thinking exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> So once a young person tastes the sweetness of power at that age, then becomes addicted to it, leaves secondary school, feels vulnerable in university, and is looking for how to replace that power. Such a person is easy to recruit into a cult, right? And then they get out of university, they still crave, and then it's so easy for them to be in politics, right? And then you're wondering why someone does not have the compassion for people. This was the kind of leadership culture that was prevalent when Christ was around. Let's look at verse 42 again. Mark 10, 42, uh, the Passion Translation this time. Jesus gathered them all together and said to them, those recognized as rulers of the people and those who are in top leadership positions rule oppressively over their subjects. But this is not the example you are to follow. It's amazing. Bullying happens in all cultures. Takes different shapes and forms. But in Africa, we have what we call hierarchical distance or power distance. The gap between the leader and the led. In Africa, in most developing economies across Africa, Asia, Latin America, there's a high power distance. In other words, the powerful is very powerful, the powerless is very powerless. It makes change very difficult, very, almost impossible. In most of the developed world, it's short. And that's why the lead can hold the leader accountable when they're not doing the right thing. So anyway, Christ was in our kind of culture because he said it, that you know that amongst the Gentiles, their rulers lord it over them. But among you, it shall not be so. Verse 43, but among you, it will be different. So settle this. Right? Settle this. That as a Christian, if you will ever fulfill the will of God for your life, you must be ready to go counter-cultural. Romans 12, 2 says so. Romans 12, 2. Right? New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's why we had mind shifts at TLC. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I'm just drawing our attention this morning to that statement that Jesus made. But among you, it will be different. There's so much suffering around us right now. And yet, Christ makes us to understand the essence of leadership is serving, helping, meeting needs, solving problems. He said, whoever wants to be first, let him be the servant. He turned the power pyramid right side up. Because <laughs> our understanding of it is being at the top. In fact, that's the concept most people have of leadership right now. And the definition of leadership has changed. You say, our leaders, everybody's mind goes to the people in government. But leadership is simply ability to influence one or more people to achieve worthwhile goals. Once you make the definition influence, then you realize it happens at all levels. Parenting is leadership. The teacher in school, massive influence. Amongst friends, there's leadership. In organizations, there's leadership going on, right? So, but this is just a foundation, an introduction. And I'll wrap it up this way. Whereas the world's system turns followers into slaves, remember what he said, their rulers lord it over them. The world's leadership system turns people into slaves, turns followers into slaves. Christ said we are the ones that should become slaves to make sure people are empowered. He said the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom or a sacrifice for many. So when you hear that, oh, to give his life, it reminds me of 1 John 3.16. I'll read it in the New Living Translation. 1 John 3.16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. So two things here today. Number one, it's time for us to be courageous to demonstrate the Jesus kind of leadership. Amen? Amen. Aha. Your amen is low. So it's, mm -hmm. so you're, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you're understanding what it means, right? Yeah. It's either you're going to please the world and disappoint God, or you're going to just focus on God and disappoint people and not go by their definition of success. It's time to be courageous. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't copy the customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. In recent times, I began to grant media interviews, if some of us have noticed, on TV, some of the major TV channels. I'm going to be running like that for the next few years. It's the mandate of the Holy Spirit. The season has changed. So. If you've been to the Daystar Leadership Academy, we teach a principle. Whatever people see and hear consistently over time will enter your heart, right? Whatever you see and hear will enter your heart. Whatever enters your heart has entered your life, and it puts your life on autopilot. You will notice our politicians are on TV every day. They know what they're doing. It's very deliberate. It's intentional. So if people hear the lie consistently and hear it, it will enter their heart, 
and organize their lives at an un, from an unconscious level. So if the people that know the truth hide their light under a basket, that is sad for the community. Nobody lights a candle and hides it under a basket. You put it on a lampstand. So I'm saying, I don't want to be the only one speaking. It's time for all of us to speak. The mandate is speak on leadership, on values, and on national development. And I close on that. The number one value, the value of all values, cornerstone of all values in God's kingdom is what? Love. And that's one word they don't want to say in the boardroom. That's one word leaders don't want to talk about. It makes you, it sounds mushy. It's too soft. But it's the key. I say to leaders, if you find yourself in a leadership position, you realize you don't have love. Please abandon that position and go and find love. Because without the capacity for love, your failure is guaranteed. It is predictable. You can't be leading people when you don't love people. But we thank God for the Holy Spirit. We have the capacity to love. Amen. It's time for you to shine bright like a mega star. Will you say a prayer with me? Lord, give me the courage and the humility to follow the Jesus example in leadership. Go ahead and say it in your own word in just a few seconds. I receive courage. I receive the courage to demonstrate the Jesus kind of leadership. I receive the courage to demonstrate the Jesus kind of leadership. I receive courage to demonstrate the Jesus kind of leadership. In Jesus' name, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful. On the day of Pentecost, yes, Lord, your disciples were gathered together trusting you for power to be able to share your message with the world. Ah, and the power came. I present to you everyone that is a part of this service for this unique assignment you've called us to, being role models after the example of Jesus Christ, loving, kind, generous role models that will transform our world for good. I present everyone to you and I ask Heavenly Father, open the heavens. Amen. And I receive for each one a fresh baptism of power Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. I receive an infusion of supernatural capacity. For each one, I receive an upgrade in thinking. Access to creative ideas for solving problems for our generation. Problems that have defied solution. I declare each one an anointed problem solver. In the name of Jesus, we tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We declare nothing shall by any means hurt us. We break the backbone of poverty over families, over organizations, over cities, over nations. We break the backbone of ignorance. We break the hold of sicknesses and diseases. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. 
I pray for the person who says, my relationship with God is not okay. Where do I start from? My relationship with God is not okay. Actually, that's where it starts from. God needs to lead you before you lead others. And if you're that honest person who says, my relationship with God is not okay. I can't be lying. I'm a sinner. I want God to forgive me my sins. I want to remind you that's why Jesus died that shameful and painful death on the cross. And I want us to pray together a prayer as we receive forgiveness from God. Can you please put your hand on your heart as we pray together? You may be here physically. You may be online, on TV. And you know you should be a part of this prayer. Please put your hand on your heart and say this prayer after me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to accept me as your child. Thank you for hearing my prayer in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that said this prayer. Thank you because... Jesus said there's a party in heaven when just one person does this. So we're grateful. And we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, teach them to know you personally. Teach them to love you. Teach them to love other people. Teach them to know that they are free from sin and guilt for the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name. Someone say a good amen.